It's Behind the Bots Time! From the NHRL studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Luke. I'm Kyle. I'm Ashley. And I'm Thomas. Perfect. And today on the podcast, we're previewing September NHRL with Ashley Beckman and Thomas Carroll from Pit Control. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. Follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have two news items for you today. First up, catch live robot combat at eight events this weekend in California, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, New Jersey, Connecticut, Australia, and the UK. This is officially the biggest weekend ever, I think, probably in history for combat robotics. Like eight events is absolutely unheard of. I've never seen that before. And I am just stoked. I'm here for it. This is really cool. Um, first off, in the UK, they're going to be finding beetles on Saturday at a church in Maryside. On Sunday, they'll be finding ant weights at the Wiper and True Tap Room in Bristol. In Australia, the team behind Death Roll will be fighting beetles in Ipswich, Queensland. In Southern California, they'll be fighting off-road combat robots at the Mad Max-themed post-apocalyptic festival Wasteland Weekend. In Texas, they'll be fighting fairy weights, ant weights, beetles, and Lego robots at the Electronic Parts Outlet in Houston. In Oklahoma, they'll be fighting ant weights and beetle weights at Science Museum Oklahoma in Oklahoma City. That said, the big event this weekend will be September NHRL, which will host more than 200 robots fighting live in Norwalk, Connecticut on Saturday, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. We'll be live streaming on YouTube throughout the day, so drop into the live chat and say hi. And finally, an NHRL superfan became the first person ever to get an NHRL tattoo. We want to send a special shout out to my girlfriend doesn't like robots co-host Matt Hedger, who got a Sparky tattoo this week. Did you guys see this? This is like the best thing ever. <laughs> it's a really so good fun. tattoo. I'm excited to see it when it's all healed up. Um, I I got like a little teary eyed when I read um the the caption on Instagram just about like how um. He's just loves NHRL so much that like, um, you know, he said, he said that it's the, the best kind of lighter, lighter weight class competition, um, that, that he likes. And, um, that is just huge. I don't know. I just feel like I, I've never worked on a project before where someone's wanted to, um, get a tattoo of the logo. So like, that is pretty cool. Um, so it's a very, very, very cool, Matt. Luke, I gotta, I gotta say you don't have any tattoos, right? I have zero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm seeing an opportunity here. Maybe you want to be the second person ever to get an NHRL themed tattoo. Maybe we could even get a tattoo artist to come to Connecticut this weekend and hook you up live on the stream. What do you think? Now, Kyle, before before I, before I weasel my way out of your your question where you've painted me into a corner, um, did you see on Slack uh, the promise that Austin made? No. What did he say? <laughs> Kyle, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, because uh, maybe we're going to be making an announcement about it or whatever, but um, an NHRL founder, Austin McCord, has promised to cover the tattoo costs for anyone who gets an NHRL tattoo. So, um, yeah, I guess that's not public yet, and reach out to Austin for details on that, but... Um, <laughs> 
Austin Austin wants to pay for 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 Matt's tattoo. So um, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, All it's right. funny. Um, so Note to self, just look uh, do some Yelp reviews on tattoo artists in Norwalk tonight before I go to bed. Okay. I, I feel I feel like my my lack of tattoos is just just in general like my my um like my fear of commitment you know just personified like uh you know even even stuff like what's what's probably the longest running like uh uh brand uh, of all time like an AT and T tattoo or something you know like uh, <laughs> that company's probably not going anywhere went, but uh, I love that you went AT and T and not like General Mills or General Motors or or something like that but okay um, yeah. <laughs> like a general electric tattoo, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's oh, I'm not God. saying that it's not because NHL is not a 100-year business, but um I don't know, I might outlive the league and uh I do, do I want to be looking at a Sparky for the rest of my life? I'm I just don't know. saying giant Sparky te- like chest piece would look great. You got to get like just you know what I mean, just whole thing, just big old Sparky like covering the whole chest. I'm I'm going to get like a fluffy back tattoo, you yes. know, just like Yes. Just going sideways, you know, I like down so, the spine. I am so into this. This is a great idea. Oh, oh it's awful. Yeah. Spines no, are listen, really uncomfortable, just so you know, but let's do I it would, anyway. I would I would get an NHL tattoo. All right, here I how about how about this, Kyle? Okay. Mm-hmm. In in my uh in my long history of um of just poorly thought out, poorly conceived promises to the community. I will get an NHL tattoo when we land our when we land our TV deal. Okay, all right. Like um, if we if we if we land a Netflix deal, an Amazon Prime deal, a Hulu uh-huh. deal. Okay. What if it's Disney what if it's Tubi? What if it's Tubi? Are you okay with Tubi? How about Freebie? If, if it if it's Tubi, okay. The smaller the uh, the the platform, the smaller that tattoo. Okay. <laughs> if it's Tubi, I'll I'll get like a tiny little yeah okay. something okay. Something the, hidden. Okay. I just wanted to know what the scale was here. That's that's all. I just I just wanted to get an idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and that's it for this week's news. After the break, we're going to return with our preview, preview of September NHRL with Ashley and Thomas. week on the podcast we have two very special first-time guests ashley beckman and thomas carroll from the nhl pit control team ashley and thomas both started out as competitors at nhl with ashley helping launch milk tank and thomas running the short-lived 12-pounder manufacturer recalled they both joined the nhl staff and are now pivotal to the competition's success keeping competitors on schedule and fights on track through pit control we're looking forward to getting into all things september nhl in the hour ahead so welcome to the show, Ashley and Thomas. Thanks. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Hi, guys. I am so excited that you are here. Um, I realize that I see you guys every six weeks, and <laughs> I am like running around like crazy, and you guys are running around like crazy. Like we we exchange hugs, um, like uh, we talk a little bit, but this is our first time to really just kind of hang out. Um, first of many times, I'm hoping, you know, like we should get dinner after one of these NHRLs or something like that. And really, yeah, we can get some nice clam pizza. Yeah, our pizza date. Come on. I, I, my, our, our clam pizza, like outings are (laughs) 
virtually unplanned. All right? They're almost like spur of the moment. Like I'll be hanging out with Chris and Lindsay and I'll be like, oh, we got to go to New Haven for something. You want to go get pizza? And like two hours later, we're eating seafood on pizza. It's like not. It's the best. Not great, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's like I keep going back. Like I keep getting clam pizza. If I wasn't friends with Lindsay, I don't think I would eat clam pizza at all. But I'm eating it like probably once once every three months. It's like it's a real thing. <laughs> That's know? how it starts. <laughs> it's it's how it starts. Um, I I realize that I I know a lot more about Ashley than I do about Thomas. Thomas, I know virtually nothing. Okay, so. I would like to to like, I'd like to come out of this hour like with a solid understanding of who Thomas oh, is. Absolutely. All right, so, so are you live in Connecticut? Yep, I've been in Connecticut you, my whole life. Um, okay, except for the first two weeks, I was born in New Jersey, and then promptly got out of there. Good, that's the smartest <laughs> move you ever made, Thomas. That's great. Um, so wait, like, how old are you? Where do you live? What do you do? Like, uh, what, what, where, what, what's, what, what are your hobbies <laughs> yeah, so, outside uh, of combat robotics? I do a lot. So I'm 28. Uh, I'm in Naugatuck right now. Okay. Uh, I'm a professional locksmith. I've been doing that for about eight years now. So really? I open up safes today. I opened up a safe that was locked out. I got a guy into a Subaru. Made some keys. I programmed cars. I do everything related to that. Um, for hobbies, I do a lot of photography. I launch rockets. I do a lot of hiking. Uh, really everything. I work on my car. I like to cook. I don't know. I just get ideas in my head. I decide to go all in learning it for like a couple weeks to a month. And then I have a skill that works down the road later on. That's awesome. Wait, so how long have you been been locksmithing? I'm like, you're the first locksmith I've ever met. <laughs> uh, there's not too many of us out there. Uh, if you look on the registry of registered locksmiths in Connecticut, there's like 500 and something, and more than half of those are expired. So I've been doing it since, let's see, March of 2015. I was okay. looking to get into either like plumbing or electrician, carpentry, saw an advertisement for a locksmith job, and yeah, it's been great. Um, do you ever uh, unlock safes that people find and bring to you like uh we like if do. i was to pull up a safe from like i don't know the harbor or something <laughs> could i bring it to you and could you could you crack open like a, a harbor safe for me thomas <laughs> so we do get a lot of safes that people have either lost the combination to um that was in their basement when they bought the house uh somebody passed and 95 percent of the time if you don't know that there's anything in it there's never anything in it mm. nobody leaves money in their safe uh, we have opened up safes with like, I mean, I've done stuff with half a million in there for like different banks and stuff. What? Lots of gold, silver, but all those things, all those safes, everyone knows that they have something in there. Right. If you right. find something randomly, it's very slim chances that you're getting free money. Yeah. Now, Otherwise you're just Geraldo with Al Capone safe. I get it. <laughs> yes. It is exactly here, like right, that. All right. Here, here's the thing. Okay. Like I understand safes for like your vital documents, you know, like, mm -hmm. okay, I've got my birth certificate and a safe. All right. I, I can understand safes for things that are dangerous, like guns. Okay, I've got like, mm -hmm. you know, pretty big gun safe. Um, but uh, if you have gold and cash, aren't you like, isn't that criminal? Like, you know, like, uh, why, 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 why have, why have half a million dollars? Kyle's looking at me like he puts gold in a safe. Yep. So half like, a million, that was at a... Um, that was at a bank, right? No, not um, the small one. The uh, Credit union? Credit union. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, okay. No, I thought I thought you had to go to like a like some some opulent mansion somewhere and no, crack no, open I, a half a million dollar safe. No, I, ha- I have done safes at some very expensive houses, and usually those are either firearm safes or um, a lot of documents. They use or jewelry, watches, and such. They okay. usually don't have much um, as far as like liquid assets in them. Okay, all right, that's pretty cool. Um, and then, all right, I, I've, I've got to know too, you know, like, uh, when you, when you watch movies about, you know, safe crackers or whatever, are, are, are they, are they at all accurate, you know? <laughs> so, um, there's a, uh, I've done some classes on, uh, lock picking and uh, stuff like this at, uh, at conventions and such like for, and, uh, I've done a panel where we went over different movies and their accuracy and, it's very hilarious how badly they do. <laughs> there are all, there are some similar panels like this on YouTube. If you like to look them up, like from Defcon, like um, Leet or Lame is a very famous one about computer hacking and how inaccurate it is. It's very mm. similar in the safe world where there's a lot of over the top stuff that doesn't really relate. Uh, there are a few movies that get it right, but it's far from the norm. Yeah, when I think about it, it's like, oh, I've got the stethoscope up against the uh, the metal, <laughs> and if if I go one click too far, the safe just locks itself permanently. You know, that's uh, uh... yeah. Usually, the stethoscopes are used for more. It's not usually used for breaking in. Uh, the way that you would kind of open up by manipulating the dial is a different technique, and there are uses for stethoscopes and trying to hear what's going on inside the lock. But that's usually more for diagnosing a broken safe. Interesting. This is fascinating, Thomas. Okay, like of of all of the jobs that I was thinking, perhaps that you did work, this is probably the most interesting out of all of them. This is quite surprising. This is great. Um, so how did a uh, how did a locksmith from Connecticut get into combat robotics? So one of my high school friends who I uh, did rocketry with, he um, we did a lot of robotics, a lot of rockets, just making stuff in our garages and sheds, and it was about i think it was march of 2022 he mentioned that oh there's this crazy place that where all the battle bots people go in the off season and they they fight stuff and it's in norwalk and i'm like there's there's nothing in connecticut you must be talking about a different norwalk he's like no 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 no." so i look it up and somehow there's this giant robot fighting arena in norwalk so we get tickets for the next event go as spectators and we're like we need to build something so we're coming up with ideas, just stupid stuff. I wanted to make like a wooden robot and other, eventually I decided on an airbag bot for some reason. Because <laughs> it turns out you can buy airbags for like $30 on eBay. Really? And I had some, so actually it's funny because my, the, the chassis of manufacturer you called is actually made out of a panic bar. Like the bars you put on a door to exit, you push on that. Yeah. So the frame is made out of that. It was just something thrown together. And yeah, that's kind of how I got involved with it. <laughs> so if I, if I remember your two fights correctly, the first yes. fight, it was Promheta. Promheta sucked the, uh, the airbag into the weapon. Yeah. I was getting a little bit hungry. Then, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then the second fight, the airbag just disappeared entirely. You just ran it just as a panic bar. Is that right? Yeah. So, I was told that it was Solarplex was my second fight. And I went up to him like, hey, you got a spinner. I'm just going to not do that again. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, okay. 
that, that would be appreciated. I'm like, yeah, um, one was enough. So I just you went have in done, without the urban. <laughs> you have done more damage to Promheta than literally anyone else in the competition. So, <laughs> I mean, true. kudos for that. It, it's it was, a formidable opponent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Somehow in all of the lead up where I was posting about my tests and talking about the airbag and showing <laughs> videos and pictures, even though all the henchmen were like, yeah, we've tested them in the cage. It's fine. And everyone going over it. Somehow we all forgot that they're made of aramid fibers and their entire design is to not rip under any circumstances. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so Thomas, I, so how, how did, how did you, how did you make your way onto the staff? I mean, so like a, a lot of people would say, okay, all right. I, I got featured in a, uh, an intro video, you know, hundreds of thousands of people saw me. Now they have opinions. I'm going to come back with, um, <laughs> I don't know, like uh, maybe a maybe a a big, like money safe kind of shaped robot or something, you know, like uh, build something interesting and ambitious for the next one, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that I wasn't really sure how I could follow up something like that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I kind of it was fun competing, but I don't. The competitive side of it isn't, I don't think it's really a good match for me. Mm. Uh, it's really difficult to make something that, okay, if it does really well, then you've kind of like destroyed someone's bot. And I know that's yes. the goal of it, but it's, it's difficult to do. And if you do really poorly, it's like, what's the point? And if you go in right. just to the fun of it, it's like you have to, that's like an entire persona that you have to keep the energy up for for a long time to, to have like a fun meme bot like that. So I don't know. It wasn't really a good fit being in the competition for me. I don't think. I get it. I get it. Um, and then so wait, uh, then you just like applied for the job or like, how did, how'd you get onto the crew? Yeah. So I forget who I asked first, but I, I was talking to some people and they were like, Oh yeah, just meant, uh, talk to Jimmy. So I sent him an email. He's like, yeah, sure. We'll have you help. Do you want to do this, this? I'm like, I think bot escorty would be a good fit. And started with that, and I kind of just became part of the pit crew. They just absorbed me over time and saw the powers that I have. <laughs> I um so when 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 I'm up in the pits, like I just see you just running constantly. Like you're always on the that move. That is a lot of. Um, and like, what what is what is like your like? Take us through like an average day. So like, you know, what what time do you arrive? Like day of the competition, and like, so what are you in charge Friday, of? We kind of get everything set up ahead of time. Like, if we need to do any final planning for the bracket, getting stuff ready for freestyle, uh, I do a bit of just like helping out. Like sometimes, like safety will need me to set up some stuff. I've had Rob ask me to set up Raspberry Pis. I saw him with a box of Raspberry Pis. Like, oh, Raspberry Pis. Uh, cool, new job for you. Plug these in. Um, so just whatever is needed Friday night, Saturday morning, a lot of it is just up and down the stairs, getting people to the right cages and everything. And as that starts to phase out, usually in the afternoon is when I start taking over for the, uh, freestyle. So grudge matches, freestyle games. And yeah, we have a lot more of that planned for September. Hopefully we should be able to get started a lot earlier. And I'm hoping that a lot of people try it out, get some more capture the flag done and everything. Nice. That's awesome. Now, Ashley, um, let's see. What do I know about you? You work at a company that makes flower pots. So, like, you supply the majority of North America's flower pots. Like, when you go to uh, to buy, you know, plants at Home Depot or Lowe's, you know, you're probably 
touching a flower pot from from Ashley's company. Um, let's see, you are a fan of Pokemon. You are uh, I'd like you have a ton of energy. What else do I know? Oh, you're a great baker. Um, what am I missing, Ashley? Like, is uh, you're originally from Connecticut? Like, I don't know. Like, what's uh, what's what's the Ashley story? Um, yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head for sure. Okay. I definitely still work at the company that makes flower pots. It you won't find them in Lowe's though, because we are Home Depot exclusive. Um, oh, okay. All right. Right. Lowe's stop yeah. shopping at Lowe's everyone. Okay. We're going to just go straight to Home there. Depot. Make sure, okay. make sure you're buying your planters at Home Depot. Thank you very much. There you go. Okay. <laughs> definitely. A uh, big fan of Pokemon. Uh, I have definitely had my oven running constantly and will be constantly on this week as well, preparing for September Norwalk. I have a few fun surprises up my sleeve. Uh, nice. You guys don't think got to try the cheesecake that I made for Lindsay's no. last event? So you'll I heard have it was to great, sure, though. You'll have to make sure you come see me this event, and I'll make sure to get you some sweets. Now, Ashley, you're, you're also in charge of the coloring book. Is that right? Yes, that was such a fun project for me. They are still in the NHRL shop, so everybody go buy one. They are only $20, and there's like 110 robots in it, um, as well as Luke, Kyle, Lindsay, and Chris. They are on the front page. It's true. Um, with Brett the Brick. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to evolve that project a little bit more and kind of keep going with it. Some teams have mentioned wanting to add their own logos and stuff like that. So once I sell through a lot of what's in the store, I'm hoping for a version two and kind of keep going and keep letting it grow. Nice. That's awesome. Um, and, uh, tell me, tell me like your, like, I feel like a lot of people know the story, but like, how, how did you get involved in the league? Like, how did you start? Were you a BattleBot super fan, like back in the day? Like how, how did you get involved in the sport? So a really, really long time ago, and I'm not sure how many people know this back when I was in high school, I was actually on my first robotics team with my high school cool. for a year. So that was like my original, original start. Um, unfortunately I moved somewhere going into my senior year of high school, so things kind of drastically changed for me. And then I went to college and everything and I came back. And then in 2021, I can't believe it's been almost like two years now, um, Tamara and I went to um, just watch a competition. Um, Tamara's son, Eamon, had just recently started working there. Obviously, everybody knows Eamon. He is like the guru of everything that is the shop and creates all of the beautiful things that is Norwalk. Um, and so she was super excited to see everything that Eamon was working on. We went to the show and then she was like, we can do this. And I'm like, okay, sure. I'm along for the ride. Like, let's do this. And we got our feet wet and then just kind of the whole story of Milk Tank was created. And, you know, we just went from there and kept evolving and my love of Norwalk and all of the people just continued to grow. And that's like my heart beaming every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if there's like another person in the building who like is like the glue that keeps like kind of the community together, you know, like, like I feel like, um, just everybody knows that Ashley, everybody loves Ashley. And like, um, just, I, I can't, I can't imagine a Norwalk without, without Ashley. So like, that's really cool. Um, it's so funny. It's like, I, <laughs> like, 
I I think back to the first time I met you and like I think back to like super super early days like like when when like COVID was going crazy and like there were very few people in the stands like we did a couple of NHRLs where there was no one in the audience at all Mm -hmm. um and like it's kind of funny to think back and just be like oh we were we were experiencing like league history at the time but I, I didn't really recognize it as like history at the time, you know, like I, I can, I can see exactly where your, your pit table is and everything. And we're just like, never going to go back to that. It's never going to be that small again. And um, it's cool that you've been there from basically the start of, of 165 water. So like, that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't missed an event since we started. I've yeah. literally wow. been at every event in some capacity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your your old I, pit I, table is like where uh, Deep Six is right now. I think pretty close to it. About, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. You like right where Positively Hysterical and that whole like crew yes. is. Yeah, we were right in that. That's corner. right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's really cool. Um, well, before we get into our preview, um, we had people from Discord send over questions. So I'm going to ask the Thomas specific questions first, then I'm going to go into the Ashley specific questions, and then questions for both of you. And then we're going to get into our preview. Um, but you know, like people, people up, up in the pits love both of you. So they've asked some kind of interesting questions. Thomas, I'm I'm curious. Uh, we're going to start off with huge team member, Brendan Steele, AKA business cat. He wants to know, will airbag, will airbag bot return and you still owe me a launch from it? So, uh, manufacturer recalled two, Thomas, what, where, where's the CAD? Um, so there was never any CAD for the manufacturer recalled. It was actually made on NAD, napkinated okay. design. Nice. <laughs> um, currently version one is in many, 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 many pieces. Uh, all the motors and electronics are in RefBot at the moment. So I could throw an airbag on RefBot and launch him with that. I might have to get a hazard approved. I don't quite know how the how that works, but I may be able to just throw it in a cage at some point. Okay. It's difficult because the we're not really able to do too many um, 12 and 30 pound grudges with how filled up that is. So in finals, it's going to be kind of the same way. I don't know. Maybe at the new bots event, it might be a lot less crowded for that event. So maybe nice. I can throw something on for that. Okay, good. Uh, Jaden, who runs Walter at NHL, uh, wants to know, do you heart Walta posters? What does that even mean, Jaden? <laughs> so the Walta poster is, can he I had Hotcoin draw a art of his of Walta and some other bots. What? And he was, yeah, and he was handing wait, them out wait, at wait. the last event. Hotcoin wanted to draw Walter, or did Jaden pay for, for Hotcoin? Yeah, so she's uh, actually showing you the picture of it. Okay, that's amazing. Was, I don't know if it was a commission or if he drew it or how it worked out, but yeah, it was drawn and he was handing them out and it's a fantastic poster. I do I love that Walter Ashley posters. was like ready to go with the visual aid, by the way, like while the conversation was still happening. Mad respect for that, by the way. Good good job. Okay, all right. I'm I'm about to just I'm I'm about to like derail this entire thing because I have to know. Ashley, Thomas, Kyle, how big is your like NHRL memorabilia stash? <laughs> How many stickers do you think you have? How many posters? Like you can see in my background, I've got like some pretty, pretty amazing memorabilia in my office. I have like 
two Spartan weapon blades and a okay. PLA printed Spartan. I've got a pile of stickers that is, I've got many, many, many piles of stickers because we kind of had our sticker table at the pit desk for a long time. So yeah. people would always just leave them there and that way people can exchange them while they're get, waiting to go downstairs. So I kind of just like would always just get some every time people put more down. Yeah. Too many stickers. I could paint a wall with them. Ashley, you've got to have a ton, right? Well, my whole wall behind me is all like just NHRL photos. So like, what? Yeah. Is my photo up there, Ashley? Yes, it totally is. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it is. And then I have um, a Spartan weapon blade. I have a fork from Flambe Conqueso. I have a Steve. I have two Maddies. I have two tops of um, Bugsby. <laughs> I have the cow the one burger. from when Zoe turned Bugsby into a cow burger for our, you know, huge TikTok. Um, yeah. And then I have three of the stuffed plush breads. <laughs> I have wow. quite the collection. Okay. What I'm hearing is that Johnny is just giving out these Spartan weapon blades left to right. I've got to get one post? for myself. I have one from when like he used blades. Spartan as a mini bot against Disco in one of our fights. <laughs> so it's cow spotted. It's really adorable. Oh, that's so awesome. You're going to have to find him because he posted like a picture of 20 weapon blades that apparently he's just giving out this event. So oh my god. Him. Yeah, he okay. just keeps exciting. Right. Right. How about you, Kyle? Kyle, how's, 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 your, how's your memorabilia? Uh, it's uh, it's pretty stacked. I have uh, a couple of fan posters. I have a lot, a lot of merch, like clothing and T-shirts and uh, bags and such. And uh, one one stuffy, um, which is awesome. And I uh, yeah, just I have probably a bucket of stickers. It's literally like a small bucket of stickers now at this point. Some of them are going on my water bottle. Like I have uh, I have the new Chainsaw Kitty sticker on my water bottle. Yes, I really like that's it. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then I also have robots ruin my life on my water bottle. I'm going to add a few more before the event because, um, you know, I want to represent some people and I do drink a lot of water on the stream. So that's good. Yeah. I, I don't really know what to do with my, my pile of memorabilia. Like I keep it pretty organized and it is heavy. It's like getting, it's starting to like starting to weigh like actually a pretty significant amount. Um, I think, I think maybe, maybe when like I'm completely out of the sport, I'm just going to give it to the biggest super fan, you know, who reaches out or something. Cause it's, it's awesome. It's like, it's going back years now at this point. And there's like a ton of like exclusive stuff that like people made like 10 of, and I have one of them. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty cool anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Good, good, good <laughs> answer there, Thomas. Um, the posters are the best. All right, I'm going to see if I can get myself a Waltz poster on that. That thing is pretty dope. Um, all right, final question for you, uh, Thomas. Spare parts builder, Matthew Uraka wants to know, when are you going to wear a onesie to NHRL? Uh, if somebody happens to have a onesie that they would like me to wear, I will put it on. I don't know for how long. But, yeah, I don't know, Friday night, if you have a onesie, bring it to the pit area. They need like an athletic onesie because like Ashley, you know, like they're, they're made out of fleece. They get very hot. You can't be running up and down stairs. You're just going to be sweating in that thing. Or tripping. Yeah. We, we need like a like a like a, a moisture wicking onesie, like a Lycra onesie or something, you know? Um, OK. All right. Good. Uh, Thomas. All right. Maybe I can bring the cow onesie. That's pretty good. Um, Ashley, uh, a Copperhead team member, Chad New. 
uh, has multiple questions for you. Uh, he wants to know, Ashley, who is your favorite five-year-old junior builder? Very specific age and question. Gee, I wonder why. There's literally no other answer other than Max, because yeah. he doesn't love Max. He is like my littlest favorite friend for sure. He can, I just, I think I played cars and, or Angel made the little wake and bake toys the first event that Max came to. And I literally think I sat on the floor with him for an hour and a half, just ignored the world and just played cars. So I'm looking forward to finals and seeing Max again for sure. Max is very adorable. He's got a really big personality. I love that kid. Um, Chad also wants to know, can he have another coloring book in November? I guess Max has filled up his existing coloring book. Yes, Max can have absolutely no problem. I'll make sure to put one aside. <laughs> Worried okay. about it. Um, Adam Builder Bennett Zucas wants to know, Ashley, how many trips have you made to the craft store between last event and the September event? Do they recognize you at the craft store at this point? You know, luckily, I seem to get different employees at the craft store. There's one older lady, though, that I'm pretty sure is on to me, but she hasn't asked why. I've definitely made four to five trips to the craft store since the last event, and I was recently just there this weekend. I feel with, like, your bulk glitter orders and your bulk googly eye orders, you're going to end up on some kind of FBI watch list at some point. Like I, I, I don't know what you could what you could make with those, but uh, just the the quantities I think are, are reaching suspicious levels. Ashley, very possible. Um, Bennett wants to know if you could estimate how many googly eyes are in your possession. Uh, Matthew Uraka wants to know how much glitter do you own. So, um, like, if if you could estimate it, like roughly how much do you think you have of both? Well, it's funny. I actually don't have that many googly eyes. So I'm pretty sure the last pack I bought went home with Ethan Shipley. So he might have the possession of most of my googly eyes, but I definitely have like a gallon size Ziploc full of like 17 different colors of glitter or something ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah. If you were to accidentally drop that, you would just have to move. Yes. Yeah, Accurate. no, they would, con- they yeah, would condemn, you condemn your place. It's, it's awful. Yeah. Um, Tony from Pit Control wants to know, what is your favorite onesie to wear at NHRL? Well, so I own nine onesies. I counted. Really? And I've only worn three of them at NHRL. Um, okay, wait, so what, I- what are the other ones? Well, I don't know if I can tell you. I mean, I guess oh, I can tell you. Okay. The secret. <laughs> But I own like a Coca-Cola polar bear that has like its whole face. Really? Like I drink a lot of Coke. Yep. So that's a thing. I have a, another one from Coca-Cola that has polar bear emojis all over it, which is. Did you buy these or did you like drink your way into these no, free onesies? These. Okay. <laughs> Down at Disney Springs, there's like a world of Coca-Cola store. Oh, I love and that place. Yeah. So their onesies are top, top notch. <laughs> wow. And then I also have a BB-8 onesie because I'm like a huge Star Wars fan. I have a reindeer onesie for Christmas. Um, I'm trying to think what the other ones are. But yeah, so I have a good handful. The cow will always be my favorite because I think there's like a dozen people that own a cow onesie by now. Um, yeah. But the unicorn onesie for Lindsay's birthday was super fun. So I think I might yeah. have to bring that one back. <laughs> and then you wore the bee onesie one time, yes. right? Yep, okay. the bee onesie for Zoe. <laughs> sure. That was so good. I, I I own three onesies, but uh, I was an adult kickball player, you know, before I got into combat robotics. So, um, you know, like uh, the, the onesie is kind of like a 
a, a uniform for for kickballers. Um, so I I do I do have a I do have a cow onesie. I have a uh, I have a monkey onesie, and um, I also have a fashion onesie. So it's unbranded, but it's uh, it's kind of like uh, it's like an athletic cut. It's pretty great. Um, it's like it's like a bar crawl onesie. You know, like when you want to look cool yeah. out out in public. You know, that's fantastic. Um, the the onesie is a concept I just don't really understand. Like, do people sleep in their onesies? Like, I, I don't know. I've I've only like uh, played kickball and I guess fought robots uh, with onesies on. You know, I but, used uh, to go to an event in Brooklyn called Onesie Wednesday, which was a bar crawl, and that's when I owned the most onesies. But I actually got rid of all of those since then. So what? Yeah, Kyle. I think the only th- the only one I have wet left is a Wonder Woman onesie. Nice. Okay, Wonder I gotta wear that one. I will say I do think the onesies are making a comeback. There's a there's a handful of people that bought them for this event, and I'm very excited to see some people in some onesies again. Okay, all right, good, good. Just make um, sure you get the the flame safe, flame retardant brand of onesies, guys. Yeah, that one. Just please, it's true. No soldering in in flammable onesies. Please don't do that. Final question for for Ashley specifically <clears throat> this time from Synthesis Builder Corey Nason. Ashley, do you want to drive Baby Synthesis? Oh my gosh, yes, a hundred percent. I am so excited to see the ant weight synthesis. It is so cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, so wait, is Corey going to bring that to uh, to the Hartford event or or what? Yep, nice. he's he's registered for Hartford in October, but he told me that he would bring it to Norwalk so I could see it because it's done. Oh, that's cute. Cute. Um, all right, a couple of questions for general discussion for both Thomas, Ashley, Kyle, and I guess myself. Um, multi-time Golden Dumpster winner Jameson Go uh, wants to know: Role reversal. If there was an event where NHRL staff only were competing against each other, who would do the best? Who would have the most interesting design? So I've got a list of some of the ones that I thought of. Okay. <laughs> so the hunters ready. are going to build identical robots, but only rent, uh, registering one of them. They're going to switch as they need. Both of the hunters are going to wear the same outfit. So that way they have maximum repair time and no one will know what happened. Also yes. known as the singular hunter who exists entering a robot. Yeah, twin mm-hmm. magic. I like it. Nice. Uh, Tony said that he, he actually gave this one to me. Um, so this is what he would build. Uh, he would make Corgi's attack. It's a grapple bot with razor sharp teeth that goes after tires. So okay. Yeah. bites the tires and eats them. Uh, the henchmen would all make a multibot. It's a screwdriver and a plasma cutter. It disassembles the other robots. Uh, safety staff make a Tento, like a Mega Tento slash serial killer style bot, except it's a test cage that just holds on the other bot because he can't leave. This is brilliant. Uh, the cleaning staff is going to make a ring spinner, but it's going to be like a mop. So it's going to be a whole bunch of like flailing Spin metal mop. blades. Yeah. And it's just yeah. going to look like a, it's got a mop handle at the top of it. And then my favorite is the production crew. It's going to be a flamethrower melty brain shuffler for the views, but it's also going to have a camcorder mini bot. And since the camcorder is recording the fight, it doesn't count as weight. It's going to weigh like five pounds because VHS. It's also going to have a drone with a camcorder and it's going to have a plus 10 pound controversial weight bonus, but it will get 10 million views on TikTok. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Thomas, what, what, what about the announcers though? All right. I feel like we're part of the staff. Oh, well, I figured that you were going to have your own bots. Yeah, I also, I think Chris has already built the weirdest, most interesting bots in the competition period at the end. So we're good there. We got that covered. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I've I've wanted to bring like a huge cardboard bot for like a really long time. Like uh, I wanted to like build like a, a yeah, but like box bot, but like on a massive level. Like I want to get my door. hands. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. I want to build like a refrigerator box size thirty pounder with just a massive flamethrower. But the flamethrower is from within the robot; yes. it has to burn its way through before it can even like start That's to do damage. Could you yes. call it like uh, call it like Greg Munson's nightmare? Because he's always complaining about you know just I don't want to see a bunch of boxes on wheels out there. I want interesting shapes and designs, and and it yeah. has to have an active weapon, not just a flamethrower. So if it's just a box on wheels with just a flamethrower, yeah. you could call it Greg Munson's nightmare, and I would love that. And I, I would just drive it right next to the Lexan. It could also be Trey, Trey's nightmare too. It's perfect. <laughs> um, all right, cool, Kyle. Do you, do you look? Come on, what what's what what kind of robot would you build? Four, kind of ro- four-wheel drive vert, like perfectly balanced. Is that right? Uh, it, uh, perfectly balanced four-wheel drive vert does not sound like anything fun to drive. I mean, it does sound like fun to drive, I guess, but it doesn't sound like anything I would want to bring to a competition. No, um, it could be fun, but no thanks. I don't. I don't want to be Calvin E, but we have one. Yeah, yeah. We already have a Calvin. He does it. He does it better than anybody else. He, we don't need another one. Okay. Uh, how about a circus tent robot, Kyle? Ooh, that sounds fun. Let's do uh, unintentional, unintentional air quotes entanglement all over the place. I'm into it. Let's go. Thomas, Ashley, you Thomas you must knows know. all about that. Hey, you, you, hey, you must know by this point <laughs> that Kyle Kyle's a former like, a for, former like circus employee, right? Like you, you you knew this before, right? No. Yeah, no. I was an electrician for the Big Apple Circus for two years. Epic. Um, uh, yeah. So it's going to yeah. be like an electrical hazard robot. Perfect. It just uh, shocks people. We did not make any hazards. Thank you very much. No, no, for the uh, robot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun. That's totally not legal, but yes, I would be into that. Uh, NHRL community director Gil Hova wants to know what special slash weird freestyle game would you most want to run? Like, do we have a freestyle game in mind that we think should become a thing? Yes, I've been yes. thinking about this for years. I want Mario Kart, but, you know, combat robots. I want to set up a full-on track with craziness, and you have to get to the end, but all weapons are active. It's all inside Lex. Like, that's what I want. You could really only get away with this at the three-pound scale, but it, could you imagine a Mario Kart situation where, like, yes, you have your horizontals that go slower, but they also can just bob and weave across the entire track and just knock other people off. It's going to be amazing. That's that what I want to happen. So I've been thinking good. about this for years. Okay, cool. I like that. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> we, I want to set this up. Just ask I will say of one of the games that we've created that we <laughs> have not entrance. yet had to try or gotten the chance to try is Break the Brett. I literally built five beautiful cardboard Bretts for people to break and no one has broken them. <laughs> Please sign up for Break the Brett this event at some Somebody September. please break the Brett. So What's I want inside to do... of the, the oh. Bretts, though? You have to break the Brett to find out. Oh. Cheesecake. Cheesecake. Okay. Oh, God. No, it's been in it once <laughs> if it was cheesecake. I made them in May, so, like, yikes. <laughs> so I would want to do off-road combat robotics. Nice. So you take the same cage, you fill it with dirt, and you have to have like all terrain combat robots does the same thing except you have obstacles and way different terrain there's no more ground game there's no more melties there's no more anything with tolerances that matter you just have to make something that survives that's awesome i love that 
Um, I, I, I have pitched this, this idea before. All right. And, um, you know, no, no one wants to build it, but uh, I'll pitch it again. Um, it's a, it's a game called four lights and we set up four lights, at the four corners of the box and the first robot to get all four lights to their color wins. And there's no other rules. So, um, you can come up with different strategies on how to, uh, how to get your, your four lights. Um, but uh, I think it could be a lot of fun. So Are these, um, like flashlights or something? Or? Yeah. No, I think they're just like light, like uh, cue lights, just indicator think, lights yeah. that would say, yeah, when you smash into it. At the end, oh. is there a big voiceover of Patrick Stewart screaming at you? There are far lights. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Kyle. Um, I'm into it. I'm into it. All right, uh, poison apple, uh, poison apple builder Christine Giver, uh, the host of the excellent combat robotics podcast Outside the Box, uh, of of which Ashley, you are doing a great job on, uh, asks if you had any input on event themes, what theme would you like to see happen the most? Like a, a new theme for for an event coming up. Yeah, because we have we've had the, the circus, hot pot summer, we've summer. had the circus. Had all kinds of weird stuff. Maybe if we have a battle boats theme, we can nice. actually have battle boats show up. Nice, nice. I want an Oregon Trail themed. Ooh, so like everyone's ooh, gonna Kyle. get You know something. what I mean? Like, wouldn't that be fun? Get a little nostalgia in there with the Oregon Trail, just like graphics People and start whatnot. Passing out from sicknesses we've eradicated centuries ago. Yeah, we yeah. could get uh, we could get our, our our guy that does the voice of God to do things like, "Oh, that bot died of dysentery." <laughs> You should have packed more barrels of water. <laughs> Crash Fest has just passed out. They didn't fjord the the river. Um, paid for the raft. <laughs> I, I would love to do like a Renaissance Fair themed uh, oh, event. That's just like Gatsby, like. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do some historical time periods, and everybody has to dress the the concept. I love this idea. Oh my gosh, yes. twenties. I'm in. Let's go. Everybody out there in zoot suits and flapper Everyone dresses. So dapper. Oh my I'm into God. it. Let's uh, go. Yes. Renaissance fair. You've just got people. I mean, heck, we've already got people showing up in night outfits. Like, what? Why not? Why not? It's really not going to be that like much different. Uh, Christine has a question specifically for her co-host Ashley. Uh, what event next year is your, are you going to make your return to uh, to building when we bring a new and exciting multibot to NHRL? So I, I didn't know you, you and Christine. You're going to feel the multibot. Yes, Chris. So I have obviously taken really well to the staff, and I love my position. But Christine has asked so nicely for me to step beside the cage again and work on a multi-bot with her. I have no idea for when because we don't even have a schedule yet, but it is something that we have talked about and something we will be working on. So I am very excited. Um, I'm super excited to see her this weekend with her first very own built robot. Um, So yeah, we'll see what next year brings, but it will definitely be some kind of collaboration with the two of us. Nice. Uh, positively hysterical builder Top Farkas asks, "What's your favorite mini bot in the competition?" Hmm. There's a lot of good ones. It's I true. like Darkness a lot. The uh, the little have you held? It's from uh, I can't remember the. It's like Shin the something the building that made Kitsune as well. Okay, I can't remember it. But um, Darkness, it's like a tiny little uh, mini bot that you wouldn't think is as heavy as it is. But you pick it up, and it's just the most dense thing ever. 
Wow. Uh, so if you're ever up in the if you're up in the pits, uh, I'll have to bring you to it. But you just hold it, and you think it would weigh like maybe third of a pound or something. No, it's a full pound. That's awesome. I don't cool. know. I think my heart still stays with Mouse Mouse. Like I just yeah. love that man. Yeah. Like how can you not? So yeah. Ashley, you mentioned it earlier. My favorite mini bot is Spartan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Accurate. The amount of three pound robots that have become mini bots is quite incredible, actually. Uh, Tom wants to know how many flights of stairs do you go up and down each event? About 100? Yeah, yeah. Last event, my watch clocked 83 flights of stairs. Wow. I usually oh get like 26 to 27,000 steps. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. All right. Just Saturday. That's not including Friday. <laughs> just, yeah, that's just Saturday. Uh, how long is too long to attach a top plate for bit control? The top plate should have already been on there three minutes ago. Yep. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. I'm going to make magnetic top plates, and I'm going to sell them for $3, and it'll be great. You just press it on, and it's, it's there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. And a final question from Tom. If I'm looking for hugs, who gives the best hugs in the pits? Ashley. Yeah, Ashley. There is yeah, no Ashley. other answer. There is no other answer. Um, Ryder Lee Engel has a good question. What's something that working behind the scenes, such as the pit desk, for example, you want builders and fans to know that they might not know already? So builders and fans. Builders and fans don't know about the pit table specifically? Working behind the scenes, yeah. Working behind the scenes. I mean, I would say, I guess, probably from the pit desk where you're able to answer the best. It's the timing and calling people off of robots. Like, we're... Because it's a big push on both sides. Because the faster we can get everyone up to the pit desk and competing, the better the bracket is later on and the better the repair windows are uh, later on. And as well as, like, when we are, when we're saying that we need you to be up there, and sometimes we like hear, "Oh, but is my opponent ready?" I mean, we're we're not trying to put people against each other, and we're really just trying to the the, the fact as long as we can get people to, like stay within their windows, the better we're able to keep the schedules, we're able to have everything just work smoothly, because it just uh, it kind of waterfalls when we run into issues. We're not trying to be against you; we're just trying to make it all work as best we can. Ashley, anything secret behind the scenes that uh, fans and builders might not know? No, I think like, especially for us, like we learn things pretty much just the same time as everybody else. Like we don't get information first. We don't like we're working at the same timeline and everything else like as everybody. So like we're all just doing our best with everything that we have in front of us. What do you say, Kyle? Anything about announcing that people might not know, builders or fans? The weird part of the night is not an intentional choice. It's just what happened. <laughs> sleep deprivation, lack of food, and the fact that you had to go to the bathroom 75 minutes ago, but you couldn't. You don't wear diapers? Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Now we just have catheters no. into a big communal bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, when we hook on the microphones, that's what we do right after. Wait, that's what that up. bucket was? <laughs> yes. Yeah, bro. That was a Gatorade. Don't drink that. Oh, I gave that to the guys serving the beer. Oh, I um 
I think I think probably the thing that that surprises most people who go up there is like how much chatter there is in the oh radio gosh. when we're yeah. talking and how like probably it took me like maybe two events to like really get used to it where yep. you're like I am talking and I'm tr- finishing my sentence but I'm also absorbing new information that's coming through um but it's it's almost constant and um it's uh it's a it's a it's an acquired kind of like skill I would say so you're on their production radio channel right yes uh, yes yeah I've so and I stumbled on there and it's it's a it's, lot but I will yeah. say they've gotten like over the years now have gotten really good at giving us the information that we need only instead of just filling our brains with like craziness um, but it it is definitely still a lot it is definitely still a lot um so yeah if there's ever an awkward pause it's because we just heard something that might be really important and we're trying to hear the end of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay a couple more questions here fireball builder brian box like a really delightful question um so if there was any NHRL builder that you'd want to build something silly with, who would it be and what would it be? So uh, do you have a builder in mind that you want to build something silly with? So I've got a robot idea that is technically more difficult than I would be able to program. So I would need either assistance from the Project Liftoff team or Greatest Challenge. Okay. And it is the Hover Melty. It is a hovercraft melty brain that uses one fan to lift and two fans to spin it by pulsing those fans forward backwards or using like a helicopter collective type setup. You can change the angle of the blades and that will cause it to pulse and move in the correct direction. Uh, So it would get the weight bonus. So it'd be five pounds and it's, yeah, it just seems like something fantastic to witness. (laughs) I want it. I love it. Thomas, I want it. So yeah, if you're listening, uh, greatest challenge or uh, project liftoff team, uh, can I borrow your code? Oh gosh! Uh, and uh, how about how about how about you, Ashley? Um. Well, I would probably have to say Tom Farkas because who doesn't want to build a robot with Tom Farkas, right? Especially if you're going to build something silly, like that's kind of our stories from the beginning, right? So originally way back when i grew up on boats so i always had this idea that how like finger tech has those triton bars so i always had this idea that instead of like positively hysterical the side was a sit like a sailboat and then in the middle of the sailboat the triton blade was just like spinning as like kind of like a walker but like a huge but it was all sea themed (laughs) i don't know if that makes sense so it's but like, like yes. except the wheels of the weapons. Yes. Oh my god. Right. Okay. All right. Reverse noob tube. Yeah. Kyle, do you do you have a silly robot and who who would you build it with? Okay. I have uh I don't have a silly robot idea, but I do know any robot that I want to build that's gonna be a good time. I would want to build it with Angel Vidal and Alexander Peza. Yeah. And just because those two guys are so much fun to hang out with, I feel like just a build session with them, like would involve the best food, the best beverages. You would have the nicest time. The music would be lit and you would build something incredible. So like that, I want to, I wanted to build something silly with those guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. They're good vibes for sure. Um, 
let's see for me i would want to build something with shea waffles johns i'd uh <laughs> a good answer i'd, I'd want to build like a uh obviously like a bristle box but i want to do like a sideways chainsaw but like have it look like a chainsaw and everything and uh just i i want to go for like super chaotic energy just total just I I, I want to roof myself, you know, with this chainsaw robot. <laughs> so you're gonna put a chainsaw on it. Do you happen to have a name for the robot yet? Um. Well, I mean, I like young cats, so maybe chainsaw kitty. No way, dude. What, Go what with chainsaw puppy. Chainsaw. chainsaw puppy. I want chainsaw, chainsaw puppy. puppy. Okay, it's all got, right. Because it's got mad puppy energy. You know, it's just scrambling all over the box. I'm into it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right, good. Um, Andrew, who's <laughs> running Plan Z at NHL this weekend, uh, has I have a heated debate question for Ashley and Thomas to fight amongst themselves about is the cow onesie or the cat onesie superior? There can only be one. Oh, it's not much of a debate. The cow onesie is way better. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Fair. Fair. And uh, taking it a step further, which Andrew am I? Oh, you're, he's Batman. the one watching me. Yes. <laughs> Like right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah good. Oh, he's watching right now. Creepy. Uh, okay. Fair. Yeah. Lyndon from team, from team Bot Barons wants to know, which cake pairs best with which robots like a wine and food pairing? Uh, you know, Ashley, do you, do you have opinions on, on like a good cake for got a, a specific robot? Oh, good. Thomas. Good. So, Thomas. so Hammerhead, they have the, uh, the sea themes. So they get a fudgy the whale. Blue cheese gets cheesecake. Okay. Uh, the pronunciation is going to be off, but Krabiful Spitik, the yep. the five robot multi, they get cupcakes. Yeah. Um, all antweight robots are pound cake. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, and Emperor is king cake. Like, you know the one with the nice. little baby inside. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, there might be a little baby inside of Emperor. You know, there might That's, be. Uh... I think his name is Prince. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hopefully, it works this time. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that robot fight. <laughs> Wow, that was Ashley. More, I mean, mo- that was way there, more. No one needs to I follow up on that. <laughs> yeah, no one needs to follow up on that. That was the right answers. I mean, we found them; they were correct. It's one. Uh, our friend Ryan Hunter, who works with you all at Pit Control, uh, writes some questions for my fellow Pit crewmates. How has becoming crew changed your relationship to NHRL and the sport, Ashley? How has it changed your relationship? I guess working on the other side of the rope. Well, I feel like it's actually opened more opportunities for me. I don't know if it's just the timing of when it happened and it was just kind of the perfect storm or what, but when I started working behind the scenes at NHRL, I also got pulled into makerspace and to the maker battle that they were doing in Hartford. Mm -hmm. And so I've now emceed two events there. I'm getting ready to set to the, do the third in October And I've just had like, I've been on podcasts, obviously, like with Christine and doing BattleBots breakdowns like every other week. And like, we're getting ready to do them again for Golden Bull and stuff like that. And so I've just, and being out there more in the community has really like solidified like so many more friendships and like people like, I have to say like, because of Maker Battle, like Angel Vidal has become one of my like closest friends in the space. And I cannot appreciate him more, like just as a builder, as a friend, everything. And like, 
I'm so grateful for everything that I've been able to do this year because of like when I started with everything behind the scenes at NHRL. Nice. Yeah, I'd so say cool. my story is pretty much the same. I think Ashley and I started like either the same event or plus or minus one event. Um, I'm also doing the maker battle and just being up in the pits at all at every event and bringing people down. You have like idle time with them. You really just get to meet all the people, you get to talk to them, you get to hear their stories. And I'm actually uh, working on a little zine that I'm hopefully going to have to release at the November event. I have like two interviews for it, I'm trying to get one or two more. And just like go like talking about like the non-robotic aspects of all of, of all the people because everyone's got great backstories. Like you got Angel, the motorcycle riding gangster. Well, not gangster, but you know what I mean. And you have like Tom Farkas, like. He was like a postal worker, like delivering the mail, like just the backstory. He's got welders. You got just every single type of person. And it's just great to talk to these people and hear their backgrounds and how they all got into it. So being around all these people has just been fantastic. Amen. Actually, I'll say that my relationship with you has changed since you moved behind the desk, because the first time you were behind the desk, I came in Friday night. And I saw you and I was getting ready to have our normal, hey, man, it's been a while. How's it going question? And instead you were like, hey, Kyle, this person's looking for you. You need to go over there and talk to those people. They're right over there. And then when you're done with that, we need you right over at that place because we're going to be doing this. You good? Good. All right. Bye. And then you stopped and turned around and went, oh, by the way, hi, I got to go. And you ran off. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's different. Okay. Yeah, well, it was really important that you got your hands on that plush that day. That was my focus. I think he's remembered that since the day it happened. (laughs) It was quite jarring. (laughs) And uh, final question here from uh, from Ryan. Which BattleBots team do you want to join? So, uh, you know, do you have a do you have an ideal team that you'd like to you'd like to join for season eight of BattleBots. Is this like a team that's probably going to be in or like just any team? No, this is whatever. Hypothetical. Yeah. Throw it out there. Hypothetical. Yeah, dude. I mean, you could like join a class. You could just join Vlad the Impaler. You know what I mean? Like rock out. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I can't remember that. It was like Oddwall something. The robot that was like the Oddwall and Overlord? Yes. You do want to be on that team. Oh, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Best robot. Oh, the original internet hype robot. Yes, <laughs> I love that idea. That's wonderful. That's epic. Um, I would have to say, I was thinking about this this morning. Because of like, this is a hard question for me, by the way, because I feel like I'm going to offend somebody if I don't say their team because I have a lot of friends. Pick a so, like, Sorry, guys. But um, honestly, I would love to join the Colorado cohort that is Chad New. Luke, Jonathan, and Pete. I think that they're so knowledgeable. They're so Mm -hmm. much fun to be around, obviously, adding in Chris and Lindsay. Like, it's just such good vibes from that whole group every time I interact with them in any part of the community. And I just feel like I could also learn a freaking lot from them. Like, they've been doing this forever. Watching Pete at Moto last year with Nightcrawler was probably one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. So, like, yeah, I'm Team Colorado all the way. Let's go. Okay. I mean, Chad listens to this podcast every single week, so he's certainly heard this. So, Chad, 
we we got to reach out to Ashley. You know, let's let's see if there's another spot on the roster. All right. All right. So here's my answer to this question. Are you ready, Luke? Yes, Kyle. The magnitude of this question is far oh too great. Oh my God, Kyle, stop! <laughs> oh, Kyle. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. We're recording this on a Monday. It's going to come out on a Wednesday. What will the world know by Wednesday? Like, can we say anything about magnitude at all? Uh, people know that Chad News on the team today. Correct. Okay. All right. Okay. Chad. Chad's on the team. Um, okay. All right. Good. Um, good, good, good answer there, Kyle. All right. Cryptic. I love it. Um, <laughs> and uh final question for the group before we get into our, our much anticipated, I'm sure, uh, preview, Scott Coakley from team RECR, uh, says name an unspoken hero at MHRL. Gil Hova. Yes. Gil Hova. Yes. Yes. Literally, he is a brain that they plug the entire event into, and he runs it through his imagination and sheer willpower. It's uh, There's no other way of describing the guy. <laughs> uh, where do you see the NHRL in five years from now? That's a good question, Scott. Not at 165 Water Street. <laughs> where do you see it, Ashley? I don't know. I feel like... I don't, I, I really would, I'm excited to see because I really don't know. Like there's, I feel like, you know, we're going into an event with 220 robots, every weight class capped, like how big of a space can I think of? And that's where we need to go. <laughs> like so, be, beyond like a warehouse size, but like bigger, like, like a stadium, is that right? Like a stadium. Well, I'm thinking NHRL hanger. buys an abandoned airport. They've got this <laughs> okay. giant runway that you can set up tents and events and cages outside. You have the oh, hangars wow. that you could have either the pits or you can have the competitors in there. You're out in the middle of nowhere. So you have tons of places for parking. You just paint lines on the old airport runway. I don't know where you're going to find this hypothetical place, but there might be one in five years and that's the place to do it. I oh, love it. We, we can charter a jet so everyone yeah. can fly with their, their robots. Or you know? have jet-powered robots. They could fly and land there on their own. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So so you guys see uh, size, the size, the physical size of the space getting bigger. Yeah. Interesting. Want to, in five water. years, I want one of the events to be uh, at Burning Man. Wednesday Yo. night at Burning Man. Um, okay. So we'll fly everybody in. Everybody has to wear weird neon costumes um, or nothing, right? That's what you wear in the desert. And then, or fur coats. And then um, we'll just Long fight juice. robots for like 18 hours. And uh, it sounds like let's do it at Burning Man in five years. Okay. Very good. Um and then uh, final question for, but I, I love how we went like really big to really small. Uh, Ashley, will there be a follow-up to the coloring books? Ideally, yes. Hopefully. Good. Probably, you know, soon. All right. Good. Um, all right. Uh, this is great. Let's, uh, let's, let's get into Saturday. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, we're going to go from the 30s to the 12s to the 3s, kind of like the smallest field to the largest field. So starting with the 30s, this is our final uh, qualifying event of the season. And there are a ton of top tier robots that are returning. They have already qualified. They are not here. They're not searching for an invitation. They are trying to dial their stuff in so before many. they come in November in hopes of winning it all. So there are a ton of robots. We've got number two ranked Kabui Tango. 
We've got number four ranked Yahoo. We've got Polyester. We've got Eva, STF, Synthesis 30, and Chibata. So these are all robots that have already qualified um, and absolutely stacked, hard-hitting fields um, right there at the top. Um this is also going to be a great opportunity to qualify for the finals. So a couple of top ranked robots that haven't qualified yet include Georgia Tech's number 19 ranked shell spinner Shufflebot Chunky. Very interesting 45 pound walking uh, shuffle uh, uh, shell spinner. We've got Kevin Milchewski's 30 pounder uh, Red Storm. We've got Toro Feather from Riobots and Team Minotaur and Warlock from the University of Maryland's Team Leatherbacks. These are all incredibly great robots. I am going to be watching for those, um, you know, to qualify. Um, Any thoughts on the 30s? Yes. In my mind, the 30s is all about the Brazilians. Yes. The only Brazilian bot to qualify was Chibata. I think that (laughs) shocked everyone at that event. Um, there were far more experienced builders that did not qualify at that v- event. It was a struggle for them to get back here. They're all back here now. Um, I want to see at least two Brazilian bots qualify this event. I think they've got a really good chance for it. Um, and I would love to see one of them just dumpster this event. Like it would be so cool to see Toro walk out of here with a dumpster. Um, so that is like the storyline I'm kind of uh, hoping for. Um, and also it, the other one that I really like the idea of is the return of dragon princess. Mm, yes. So, uh, Annika Yenkaskis, she brought this really dominant 30 pound flamethrower control bot. It was one of our very first flamethrowers and it was electrifying to watch yep. really tough, tanky robot. like went toe to toe with emulsifier and, um, and ended up winning one, one of those fights. Huge, huge flamethrower, just like fully engulfed in flames, like surviving for for two minutes of the fight. And um, Annika has retired from the sport. That's what I've heard. And she's sold Dragon Princess. Um, So yeah, we've we've got the return of Dragon Princess. It's coming back as Dragon Queen, which is very exciting. Um, And I'm hoping to see huge, huge flamethrower kind of action from, uh, from Dragon Queen. Um, mad shout out to Annika for her driving skills. Like part of the reason that robot was so dominant is because she's such a talented driver. Uh, I hope she has a long, happy retirement at the ripe old age of what, like 11 now? Is that yes. how old she is? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Good yeah, career. I- there, there's, there, there, there are, there are a ton of Brazilian bots in the field. So we've got Sombra 30 from team AGVS. We've also got a Brazilian, th- three other 30-pounders, Quayo, Jubilu, and Dark Chaos. So let's see, there's three, four, a total of five. Um, oh, no, six. Six with Chibata and Toro Feather. So we're going to be seeing a ton of 30-pounders. I, I am really excited about seeing these, these unranked Brazilian 30-pounders because they're just dark horses, you know? like it's do these- or die for them. These these are thirty pounders that have been fighting in Brazilian competitions in some cases for three or four years, and yep. they are coming here for the first time. And the robots look different; they are dialed in in a different way. They fight like on different surfaces. They face really different types of drivers, and it would be thrilling to see like an all Brazilian final like that. That would be incredible. Um, so, 
yeah, the, the, the Brazilian storyline is something I'm definitely going to be watching for in the 30s. Thomas, actually, any thoughts on the 30s? Uh, there's a couple bots that I'm watching. Um, so definitely Chonky. Uh, I haven't seen too many of their fights live, um, but I've, they, uh, they were pitted right in front of our table. And I saw their shell. I saw how nicely it was machined. And I saw how little damage it took from every time it returned. Yep. So that one is definitely one to be worried about. Uh, and let's see. Emperor. That one, they've been posting a lot of videos recently of their drive, and it looks like it's working really well. So I think that is going to be one that people have kind of put on the back burner just because it's had performance issues, but it's looking like it's finally going to get some really good hits in this event. And of course, the one that I think is going to qualify that everyone's been uh, overlooking a little bit, and that's uh, Spare Parts. Okay. <laughs> so they've been, I'm not actually sure what's going on with their team because they've been posting a lot of really nice looking like different pieces. And Those are their little bots. Yeah, well, they say it's for their little bots, but I yeah, don't know. Yeah, you're, you're questioning it? I think, I think Spare Parts has got a couple secrets underneath the hood that they're going to be putting on there. To Do your you point, Thomas, be... there's, there's people being, what's the word, uh, prepared for this event that aren't necessarily that way uh, in other events. So that is interesting. That is very interesting to see. <laughs> well, I mean, they haven't started their build yet. They're going to start that Friday at uh, 3 o'clock, I think, for Spare Parts. Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be do you, great. Do you think we're going to see the return of the microwave? Yeah, that I don't know. I don't think I don't know if they've debuted any of their parts yet. I'm not certain. Like they, they have to still find them. them. Well, no, yeah. I, I don't think they announce what they're using. Oh, I mean, they, okay. they might use parts like the lawnmower blade again, but he's being all cryptic because he's going to gut a safe for them. He's bringing just the <laughs> outer shell of a safe. He ruined the surprise. <laughs> That's go, the Eddie Terrell 250-pound debut. Yes, yes, the gun safe. Yes. Why don't you just put a gun safe on the battle bot? <laughs> Good. Hey, I mean, Good. Spare parts. Trey, if you're listening, uh, battle bots, spare parts. Now, we, we've got like something kind of similar happening in the 12s. You know, we've got some really stacked field of top competitors. You know, we've got Super Scope, Cthulhu, Timber Viper, others that have already qualified, and a couple of really good uh, Brazilians. So we've got Toro Jr., which is ranked number 11, entering this competition with a 6-3 and three record. Um, Toro Jr. and Toro Feather, they fought everywhere. Um, they fought at Robo Games. They fought um, down in Brazil at the Iron Cup. And uh, they are the precursors to Minotaur. So I would be really surprised if I didn't see Toro Jr. or Toro Feather like in the finals. Um, we also have two other Brazilian bots, uh, Duck and Pancada. Pan- Pancada, I guess. I don't know. I've got to ask <laughs> how, how I pronounce that. Um, Duck, of course, named after... Um, uh, Warriors, uh, you know, Black Dragon's mascot, Lucky Duck. Um, and uh, they, they've been running that also in, in a lot of competitions down in Brazil. Um, also returning from Mexico, exciting, Soul and Drunken Peasant. Um, Love this Drunken robot. Drunken Peasant apparently has been upgraded with some autonomous features. So mm. I'm really stoked about seeing that. Very um, cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Soul Soul made like a splash, you know, um, when when he competed, um, just because 
just like a very uh cool scrappy builder like when, when yeah, i talk just to Sol- a, a genuinely good guy too like like so much fun to see on camera and you really root for him it's like it's it's like I, I feel like we're kind of spoiled in north america because you're like no more than a five-hour drive away from your nearest competition and soul is like hey i'm like the first mexican combat robot builder and like He's never run Drunken Peasant in Mexico because there are not 12 pound competitions in Mexico. Like he's only right. built it for NHRL. And um, like when, when I think about people like Seoul uh, or like uh, Chuck Yu Huang over in, in South Korea, it's like someone has to be the first and someone has to build the community. And like that first person who's like, yes, I'm going to start the... Um, I don't know, the combat robot scene in Ecuador, for example, you know, like that is really cool, you know? Um, yeah. So Soul is, uh, can't can't wait to see him, see him come back. I um, feel bad for all the people that are brand new to this competition with the robots entering. There's 16 new bots and 21 of the hardest hitting 12s returning. That's, it's going to be a tough field. It's a scary place to be anyway. Yeah. The stuff it doesn't want make it better. Plus, uh, you got the jet bot to worry about. Alvin and the chipmunks. Yeah, now, what is this? So yes. they took the jet from Hotshot. I don't know if it's the same exact size or if it's a smaller jet. And they put okay, it on. But it's to, a Hotshot jet. Yeah, and they put it onto like about a six-pound robot. I would maybe like six to ten somewhere around that because it has two. It's, it's a multi. It's got two side bots that go with it with giant horns. And what is, what is a, what's a 12 pound with the weight bonus? 16 pounds, something like that? 16, 18. Yeah. So, yeah. Sam posted a picture of it today and it's painted adorably Alf, after Alvin and the Chipmunks. So, I'm if very excited. The hot shot fights, the amount of thrust that the motor, that the engine was putting out was enough to like push the thing back into the corners, back away. So, if you're taking two thirds of that weight, it's going to be able to jet itself anywhere, really. So very interesting what's going to happen with that one. Uh, that's ridiculous. Austin has been obsessed with the idea of a jet-powered robot for at least a year. Um, I, I, re- I would recall like going to meetings and stuff, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know, w- watch out when you're going down the stairs because you know we're we're cooling off a jet outside. You know, like on the steps. Don't don't trip on it." Yep. Like, what what kind of hobby jets are you buying? You know what I mean? Like, um, he's he's just I I think that he. I think he's convinced that if he can get a design that works really well, that we could scale it up and bring it to BattleBots and win the giant net with like it's a, a jet powered robot. You know, it, it is a very interesting application of the meta because like there's some really interesting physics stuff that's happening when you put a just a diesel powered jet like inside of the box. Um, you suck out all of the air. You create this basically like um, oxygen uh, less environment. And your opponent is so incredibly hot when you're pulling it out. Like you have to wear those like welding gloves and stuff. Like it is crazy. Um, and if, if he can get it to work, I mean, like he could melt like all of the internal components on his, his opponent and really mm-hmm. just like win the whole thing, which would be pretty, pretty awesome. So shout uh, out to the earplugs that are outside the stands. <laughs> I highly, highly, highly suggest picking some of those up or bring your own when that robot fights. Um, has anyone heard anything about Baby Grimm? Like, I keep hearing about Baby Grimm. Why Why is there so much hype for this robot? That, I don't know. Unsure. 
I haven't seen any pictures because of it. I think there's hype because this is a robot that is constantly registered and then oh, that's the dropped one. out of the competition like within like a fifty week. times. Yes. Yeah. But like always reasonable dropouts, like on time and stuff, you know, not throwing anybody's off. So I think like if we're finally gonna see it, it's just been building. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. A lot of, a lot of mystery. And I will say that um, I have talked to Anthony D'Ambrosia and Angel Vidal, and they are both very excited about the upgrades to Dark Star for this event. So yeah. I will very much be looking forward to that. Um, Anthony definitely <laughs> caught his bugs last event when he lost his entire weapon shaft to Michael fighting Voxel. So um, the upgrades that him and Angel have been working on are absolutely incredible, and that robot is looking fantastic. It is a perfect scale up of Blackbird, which I totally love. Like even the uh, the sticker sizes have been scaled up or down. It's just awesome. It is like a uh, picture perfect. Yeah. And of course, because uh, Tony is like such a meticulous guy, like it yep. totally makes sense. And um, so is Angel. So like. Yes. Yeah. They really are. Um, we also have the return of Matt Vasquez in Womper. So like you know we've got Excited. a really amazing driver in the twelves. Um, and also I would, I'm going to call out, uh, two BattleBots builders. We've got David small with the number 14 ranked son of cram. So David has already qualified Puka. Um, and so he's returning with son of cram and Luke Grell with the number 24 ranked minor threat five, which is just a total killer, you know, has done great at Motorama and, uh, you know, like, uh, 12s are also going to be super, super hard hitting uh, this this weekend. Yeah, very much so excited about that. Minor Threat 5's won competitions this year, just hasn't walked out with a dumpster at an HRL yet. This might be their competition. Um, now, moving on to our, our largest, <laughs> most packed, our uh, fastest to hit the registration cap fields uh, in the Beatles. Uh, I think we hit the registration cap like within an hour or something of like 160 Beatles, which is just insane. Long. Yeah, there there were people who were like, oh my God, I didn't like set a uh, a timer. I thought I was going to be able to do it tonight after I got home from work. Like, nope, you're on the wait list. Like, sorry. Um, and yeah, it's uh, kind of wild the amount of demand there is for the Beatles. Um, the big story, of course, is uh, the unexpected return of Calvin, Eba, and Lynx. So uh, Lynx dying in a controversial match last month coming back in hopes of qualifying if calvin doesn't get in uh for the finals it really changes the fields for the finals and i'm curious uh do you think that lynx is going to do anything different now that this is legitimately the the last chance for him to get in no i think he just i don't think I don't think he does anything different. I think he dials it in. I think he does a little bit more QCing. I think maybe he brings a few more new motors than he would normally. I think that he just comes with a dialed in version of Lynx and he does exactly what Lynx does and he kicks butt and he walks away. That that was a fluke. We're about to see uh, much more dedicated and probably less resting on his laurels Calvin Eba that is going to take this whole thing, in my opinion. The thing that that I thought that I I saw in that... um catastrophe to fight uh with the lights and that that whole debacle was just really really aggressive driving like perhaps Mm -hmm. overly aggressive driving where it's like i 
I, I've, I've already won the match. I won the match within our first exchange. I've already, I've won the match in the first 20 seconds, but I'm going to keep pursuing my opponent. I'm going to continue to be so incredibly aggressive. I'm going to score a knockout, you know, versus just slow playing it uh, until the timer runs out. I'm curious if we're going to still see that. Are we going to be seeing incredibly aggressive driving? Like if Lynx gets high centered on a piece of debris or something like that, and he goes out of two competitions in a row um, just due to aggressive driving, I don't know. Um, but that's his style, you know? Like he, that's, that's what yeah. Calvin's told. He said yeah. to me before on numerous occasions, like, I'm not a good driver. I'm just really good at aiming and shooting. He just aims mm-hmm. and fires a shot right at it. Like that's, and that's his style, but also that's the style that's won him multiple golden dumpsters and at this point, golden brats. Like that's what you do. It's just what he does. I think it's going to work for him this event, especially because it sounds like we've made some improvements to the box that will not allow lights to fall down in the middle of the match. So let's see how that goes. Yeah. But I mean, there there's, there's always the, the risk of him popping a bolt out of his opponent or getting high centered in some other way. Um, the real I, question, I, Luke, is how is how's he going to deal with all of the cam lifters that have entered this event? Kyle, um, <laughs> that is that is an inappropriate question, and I resent it. Okay, oh. <laughs> that's that's where we're going to be in five years from now. Okay, Scott. Um, yeah, it's going to be Vegas. It's going to be links in a field. Uh, so it's going to be a four hundred robot cap. It's going to be links. Okay. Facing 399 cam lifters, okay? <laughs> and he's got to go 14 matches uh, to get to the finals. And um, yeah, no, like no one's able show. to defeat, you know, uh, that many cam lifters. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, great. Thanks, Kyle. Um, <laughs> um, now, uh, Matt Lantry, who runs Fallout and Half-Life at NHRL, sent over his hot take. Uh, he, wrote, uh, he, he writes, doing my hot take, Lynx will only make top eight and either not qualify or get into the finals due to a pre-qualified bot making top four. Hot take there, yeah. Matt. Wow. Um, yeah, it's like with the single elimination format, there are just like less room for error and you can find yourself just randomly just due to the the luck of the draw being in just a bad corner of the bracket um where you have to face somebody very early where it's like it's a unstoppable force meeting an immovable object where you know before we would see both of them come back and fight again in the finals but um yeah single elimination is tough Lynx is a very balanced robot. I think that Lynx will take one of those four spots. Um, so really, it's it's three other Beatles that are going to be getting invitations, um, which is tough. You know, uh, Matt has a pretty highly ranked robot. Like, I would love to see another control bot, you know, like, uh, earn earn an invitation. So, um, yeah, I guess we're going to have to see how the, how the bracket shakes out. Um, serial killer builder Kokoda Mane has a question about flamethrowers, or I guess thoughts about flamethrowers. Um, writing, while flamethrowers have always been allowed at NHRL, I feel as though they haven't been seen as a real threat until recently, with Mech State melting opponents on multiple occasions and the fact that both Clyde and Hot Wings have already qualified for the championships. Do you think that bots with heat-based weapons could start to influence 
the meta. What do you think, Thomas Ashley? Oh, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. flamethrowers are underutilized and they can still be improved. So yeah. there are a lot of restrictions. Like we just have the fuel restriction, which may or may not be temporary. That's all being figured out with Ricky. But even with the fuel restrictions, there's the other half of flamethrowers is their air intake. And while you're not allowed to use oxidizers, like neither like pressurized air, uh, oxygen, liquid oxidizers or anything like that, you are still allowed to use atmospheric air. So mm-hmm. if you have a forced air intake, you have a blower system that you're able to add more oxygen into the flame. You can dump more fuel in a shorter amount of time. As long as you're able to keep your tank warm enough to keep the pressure up and outputting that flame, you can really dump a lot of energy very quickly, as well as get a more, um, a more distant beam and just a lot more heat inside your robot. So I'm thinking that after it starts to evolve a bit more, people are going to be experimenting with that, and we're going to see, see some really melted piles of plastic soon. Yep. Now, Ashley, you know, you've, you've piloted a couple of flamethrowers now at this point, you know, like, do you, do you think we're seeing a shifting meta like toward flames? I mean, like, I, I feel like on BattleBots, like everyone always says like, oh, gruff. It's not a, it's like, you know, the flamethrowers don't actually do anything, you know, like flamethrowers, not really super interesting on BattleBots, but like, they're really interesting here at NHRL. Um, like what, what, what are, what are your thoughts on, on heat and flame based robots? They're so much fun. Like, yeah. obviously like. I'm one of the lucky ones that obviously got to fight a um, cardboard box in Serial Killer, but it's like one of my core memories and like just something that was like so fun. So while like I do think it could influence the meta with people that, you know, build effective robots, it's still just so much fun to have if you're like looking to do something different or experiment with different technology or play with servos and learn some things that way. Like, there's a lot more that can be learned from building a flame bot. So like, I wouldn't be shocked to start to see more of them. We have the return of kill it with fire by Kokoda hmm. at this event. Yes. Um, not super effective execution last time it was there, but you saw sparks of like what it could do and what an interesting concept instead of flame as this just kind of vomit of energy, just highly concentrated, very hot flame right where you want it as an overhead attack weapon. Fascinating concept. I love that Kokoto Mane is like this evil super genius who just likes to play with cardboard um because like you don't realize how smart he is and how good at this he is because he just wants to do silly things but like that is a fascinating concept and i really hope that we see a dialed in version of that that just surprises everybody a la hot wings at this event because it's such a cool bot yeah so hot hot wings has has surprised me um with with how effective it is um i i I feel like like uh flamethrowers are the fastest way to build a fan base you know like there there are definitely fans who show up and they are here for mixtape they are going nuts when they see hot wings go into the box um if you're thinking oh what should be what should, what should my next nhrl robot be like consider a flamethrower uh because the kids love it we love it obviously um and uh yeah it's uh it's a great way to sell t-shirts i would say I'm waiting for someone to do an opposite of kill with fire and have the flame go from underneath the robot. So you make long forks where the fuel comes out, ignites it, and that way it's able to put all the heat through the robot. Can make lifter. those cam Perfect. lifters, yeah. I was yes. gonna oh, say. Yeah, you have to fight exactly. 399 of them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just to lift it up and then blow the flames up into the bottom of the robot. I love this idea. Let's it's do like it. A grill. It'll leave nice grill marks in the bottom. Ah, uh, yes. Now we'll call uh, this one uh, Luke Luke's Luke Stangle's dream. Yeah. No, it's gonna be my dream because that's, that's the one that I'm gonna build, Kyle. Okay. Um, all right. So, like, let, let's say that Lynx does take one of the spots, which is you know pretty pretty even money on that. Um, other top ranked robots can Brian Boxel and Eruption qualify super late in the season? What about Apex, Crash Fest, Chainsaw Kitty? Um, you know these these robots that are taking it all the way to the end. I don't know. I kind of feel weird if I didn't see like an Apex, a Crash Fest, a Chainsaw Kitty, like in the finals. You know. Um, yeah. Do you, do you think they have what it takes to to squeak in under the the wire? It's tough because there's so many of them, and they're all like they've had they've been to so many of the events this year, and they keep yeah. dialing it in, but they all keep getting better at a very similar rate. So it's really yeah. hard to tell. I mean, I am legally obligated to say that Chainsaw Kitty is a bad robot and it's not going to qualify. But <laughs> aside from that, I, I don't have it. I, I am under contract by the team. Yes. Aside from that, I, it's really to difficult to really say who's going to do better or worse this event. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say Brian Boxel has had some time where he's not working on a heavyweight before mm. this event. Yeah. So that will be helpful. Um, Chainsaw Kitty, yeah, you just have to tell tell them that team that they're going to suck. Yep, and they'll do really well. Um, we that's been part. that's been my my observation with them. Um, I'm just so amazed that so many of these teams haven't qualified yet. Like that's just the three pound division is absurd. It is absolutely absurd how many good quality teams are in there. You could literally cut it in half. And still have two perfectly fine competitions. I I I'm gonna be watching two kind of dark horses, unless there's just some some Brazilian robot that comes out of left field and just uh, hits the entire bracket and runs through it. Um, I'm really excited to see the return of Puka and um, see if Puka can do it again. Puka ran seven and zero in its new in the new bots event and then disappeared. Yep. And there's I. I I feel like there's there's always kind of like an asterisk with the new bots event where it's like okay yeah I went undefeated but you know that my first five opponents were you know also kind of first timers and stuff like that can can I do it at the final like bot event of the year like uh, can Puka defeat some really really tough robots to go to the finals um, he's gonna have to if he has any hope at winning in November. Um, so I'm going to definitely be watching for, for David and, and Puka's performance. And then, like I said earlier, Matt Lantry and half uh, and, and half-life, you know, like this is a robot that has a 14 and seven record, which is really good. Incredible for a control bot still hasn't qualified. Matt, this is your time, you know, like, uh, you know, you got to turn on the gas here. Uh, 14 and seven record is amazing for any robot. And yeah. um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it uh, on, on Saturday. Um, any any other dark horses? Any other kind of thoughts on, on the Beatles? Uh, greatest challenge, I'm thinking. They, they've been out of the competition for a little bit. I'm thinking they might have had some... Uh... Had some big improvements since the last time they've shown up. I remember I saw their aluminum ring got totally separated where the bolts went in. So I'm guessing that they probably overcame that. 
Yep. And they got a lot of power in their design. There's nothing in the center of the ring, so all the way to the outside, a lot of moment inertia there. It could just come out and surprise everyone. There was a brief moment in time. They were the best melty brain in the competition. Yeah. I'd and love to see that come back. I don't doubt that they've gotten much better since. Let's see. There, there was some All right, other Ashley, ones. what were you going to say? Well, I'm obviously keeping my eye on Zack Knight and Prom Threeta. Um, he qualified the 12, but he is working very hard to qualify the three. Um, he did really well last competition. You know, he made it pretty far and fought JMO. And honestly, the robot didn't come out super damaged. Um, so he is pretty ready with two to three frames with different configurations for this competition. And he is definitely looking to qualify. So we'll be keeping an eye on him and hoping that he does well. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, well, uh, and any of the thoughts, I guess, as we're heading into Saturday, you know, uh, do you have any like pre-event uh, rituals, you know, anything that we should know about? Uh, any Anything you do to gear yourself up for, uh, for, for Saturday? Leg day. Don't skip leg, leg day. day. Don't ever <laughs> skip leg day the week going into Norwalk. Uh, you might brutal. want to. You don't well, want actually, to be yes. all skip all sore. the leg day. <laughs> yeah, skip, yeah, that skip leg day. Okay. I've I don't prepared. do leg day that week. Actually, I did leg day today because I I don't want to be sore for the event. So, uh, yeah, don't do leg day that day, like three days before at least. Nice. I am so stoked about Saturday. I am so glad that we were able to uh, to preview the field. I'm really looking forward to it. I, you know, the the thing that I love the most about NHL is that. Um, there are all sorts of storylines that we haven't discovered and that they are going to pop up on Saturday and they are going to capture my imagination for the next six months. There are robots out there that are going to absolutely surprise us. There There's are some weird stuff coming guys. It's going to be awesome. There are, there are stars that are in that roster that we the haven't seen yet. Robots. It's Jason crazy. Vasquez. I don't yeah. think he's come to Norwalk yet. So we've only seen Matt with a robot. So that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I really want to see, you know, just Team Fast Electric Robots, like, really kind of um, just take 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 their spot here at NHRL. You know, like, I know it's yeah. hard to get out uh, to Connecticut from Southern California, but um, this is really the competition for them. Um, you know, this is also our most international fields. We've got multiple teams from Brazil. We've got our first team ever from Ecuador. We've got a team from Scotland. And... Australia? 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 Is the yeah. all the way from Australia? Is this the furthest, you know, uh flight? To get to Australia to to New York, that's like a whew, is that like a 20 hour flight or something like that? It's yeah. pretty, pretty It's long. definitely long because he, Ben was talking about missing the flight, like missing the seating stream during a flight because of the flight like because of the time changes, but then saying he wasn't going to be in New York until Wednesday night. And I was like, wait, that's like a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the coolest part about this is that because NHL is live, our community of fans is also live. So it's like um, Matt Hedger is watching this live in the UK and Ben is watching this live in Australia. And they are connecting and we are like seeing these storylines as they happen. And they're not, you know, waiting for nine months for it to get um, distributed on ITV or whatever, you know? Um, so I am really excited about that. I, I just love how international the, uh, the competitions become. 
So I can't wait to see all of your wonderful faces on Saturday. Thank you so much, Thomas and Ashley, for previewing uh, with us. And stick around for uh, our Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're traveling to China. Robots are taking center stage at the Asian Games. There are self-driving taxis shuttling fans to the various sporting venues, robotic tour guides, robotic player pianos, and security dogs patrolling the grounds. However, the most interesting robots built for the event are mosquito killers that lure mosquitoes to them by mimicking a human's body temperature and breathing patterns. Um, Kyle, I don't know about you, but I have wanted a mosquito-killing robot for my entire life, so... uh... It has been decades in the making, Kyle. The second this thing is commercialized and I can buy it on Amazon, literally any cost, take my buddy. I need it. Um, I, I, I need a mosquito killer to like follow me around outside, you know, and be more human than I am. <laughs> so are you, when people go hiking with you, Luke, are you the guy that's like, what's up with all these mosquitoes? And everybody else on the hike is like, what mosquitoes, dude? We're fine. There's, there's been no issues at all. I, I don't know why this is. And I'm kind of like afraid to like WebMD it because, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if mosquitoes <laughs> like you, you're probably eating too much you sugar. have diabetes. Or, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You've got really, really serious health complications or something. Um, yeah. Um, the second that I step outside, mosquitoes just start swarming. It is horrific. Um, and they also just find the most novel places to bite me, you know, like, oh, behind my ear. Oh, on my pinky. Like, just ugh, terrible. Like, just uh, just eat my arms like normal. OK, like, I, I don't know. Why, uh, we have to go exotic. But um, yeah, the second that I saw the mosquito killing robots, I was like, drop everything. We, we, we've got to feature that. Maybe you can go on a hike with the mosquito killing robots. They'll solve all your That's problems. That's what I need. Yeah, I, I, so I, I've bought all of the products that, that you can use, you know, for this. So like I have the mosquito hat. It looks yep. like I'm trekking through the Amazon. Okay. It's got a big net. Okay. Yep. Also, I, I bought these little personal fans that I like clipped to like different parts of my body so that I, I generated like updraft. So like it was harder for the mosquitoes to, to attack, you know, to go through. Um, I've hiked before in like long sleeves and like uh, pants before. Um, nothing works, you guys. It is awful. I am the most popular uh, what you person. Giant hamster balls and just I rolled I around would do in it. that. Yeah, I would do it, Thomas. Yeah, might just work. Uh, the Asian Games are kind of like um, the Asia only version of the Olympics, so it's like slightly smaller, smaller than the Olympics, and. Uh, the list of robots is just like so cool. Like apparently you, you show up, you can talk to the robotic dogs. Uh, they've got these like robotic receptionists. They, they've got people like humanoid robots that'll help, help you get to where you need to go. Self-driving cars, all sorts of drones. Uh, I would love to see that. That is pretty cool. I feel like I just see like little snippets of it on YouTube, but love to go and experience it live i want to see like 10 robots at once you would start nhrl over there yeah there we I go i mean 
I was going to make a joke about how much intellectual property's probably been like been stolen for this event, but uh, yeah, we could take NHRL over there. We'll just have I mean, to have my lots social of... credit score is too small, you know. Like I, I, I could never, I, I would never get get allowed, you know, anywhere close to a public facing event in China. All right, just <laughs> <laughs> make like a make a really good robot, and they'll love it. Just... Don't tell me anything I love else. it. And then it'll be out on the market with a different name next month. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then you can buy it off awesome. AliExpress for $10. Then you have spares and get to the championship. No problem. Oh, dude, that's actually a phenomenal idea. Play the long wow. game. That's really smart. This guy's thinking. I, this guy's thinking. He's smart. I, I, I have looked at like the uh, I, I've read articles about the mosquito um, like lasers that they're developing to like combat malaria, you know, because they're just killing thousands of mosquitoes, just like a field, just by shooting them with these tiny lasers. And I was like, I need that product for my house. You know, like if you sell a residential version of it, like I'm in, you know, I, I am, I am ready. Like I will spend thousands of dollars to solve this problem. Okay. This, this is a good investment. I'd buy one. This is, Luke is like, I really wish they didn't outlaw DDT. I would have kept that around at yeah. my house and just sprayed it everywhere and not cared about any of the birth defects that possibly come along. I'm looking at the three of your faces and you're looking at me like I'm insane. Like mosquitoes are not a major problem in your life. I mean, not really. Not a super one. What? No. No, you guys go outside, right? Yeah, yeah. I had like one bad, really bad mosquito situation, and it's because I didn't tie up a bug net well enough when I was in Boy Scouts in Florida. Like that was my own fault. Other than that, it's fine. Kyle, I am right after we stop recording this episode. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to drag the trash cans down to the street, and I'm going to yeah. come back with no less than six mosquito bites. Okay, that's impressive. That's impressive. They're going to be behind my 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 knees and everything. It's going to be like between the the webbing of my fingers. It's going to be awful. Okay. Don't worry, dude. Like you're going to be able to get a mosquito killing robot from Timu in you know two weeks. <laughs> right. So Good. it'll be fine. Just it'll make be fine. sure you update the firmware and hope it doesn't get your dog or anything. Yeah, yeah. do not plug it into your Wi-Fi at all because that, that all <laughs> everything's stolen. Everything. <laughs> Good. Well, all right. Well, that, that's about it for us today. Uh, we want to thank Nicole for all of her hard work over the past couple of years. You're a rock star, Nicole. We really appreciate all of the long editing nights and um, taking out all of our ums and ahs. Um, really, you were a great, great addition to the team, and we really, really appreciate everything that you did. So thank you so much, Nicole. Um, we're going to be back in your feed at some point soon with our NHRL post-event uh, recap. And then Chris and Lindsay and I are going to be going to Asia for three weeks. So we're going right. to be missing the debut of BattleBots Champions. So Kyle is going to be back. Kyle, you are going to be uh, bringing us BattleBots Champions content. Is that right? That's right. And I can go ahead and officially announce it. My co-host for that entire time period is going to be none other than Brandon Bennett Young. I am yes. so excited to be doing the podcast with him um he's just like such a cool guy and he's so much fun to have on the podcast he's one of those guests that we talk way too long with after we stop recording so i'm really excited to do the show with him it's going to be great awesome can't wait all right thanks so much folks we'll talk to you soon bye bye